0: Welcome to the Belonging Starts Here podcast. Thank you for following along as we, together, reinvent what it means to be a foster child. I can't wait to share this cocoon of struggles, lessons, stories, and advice from one foster alumni, foster parent, social worker, advocate, to another. Continue listening as a former foster child of eight years share stories of success, lessons, and journeys of other foster care alumni. After hearing that I was successful for a foster kid, I set out into the world determined to be successful, period. Follow along to hear my story, my meaning of success, and hear the stories of those that proved the stereotypes of foster children wrong. A podcast of hope, lessons, advice, resiliency, and reinventing the foster child. So today's podcast guest is Amy who is an adoption specialist in Texas. Amy has been in the world of child welfare and adoption for 13 years. And she's currently connecting children with their forever homes with St. Francis Ministries. So Amy and I, we actually first got connected on the Blogging Starts Here Instagram page. And we quickly found out that we live like 10 minutes from each other. Um, So we both work from home and we jumped on this opportunity to get out of the house and have our overview meeting in person at this like super cute little crepe cafe and we just instantly clicked. So thank you so much Amy for for being here and I'm excited for everyone to hear a little bit more about adoption from your perspective.
1: Absolutely. I am so excited to be here with you today. You're you're a phenomenal human being. You have no idea.
0: I feel so (laughs) about (laughs) you. So we'll jump right into it. What you know, quotes I think are kind of a big thing for Belong Starts here and especially my journey. Like I've resonated with quotes so much because it lets me know like there's so many other people that also resonate with this quote that's explaining or relating to what you're currently going through. So with that, um, you know, what's a quote that you resonate with in the world of foster care and or adoption?
1: So there is this professor. He was a great professor out in California. Um, yeah. And I read a, his book called The Last Lecture by, and his name is Randy Pausch. And there was a quote in his book that just stuck with me. And I read this book right after I graduated college. Um, and it kind of, it it fits with it, foster care and adoption. But for me, in adoption, this quote just, it, it keeps me pushing through brick walls. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you the quote.
0: Okay. Yeah, and we'll then, talk like, about brick walls too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he said the brick walls are there for a reason the brick walls are not there to keep us out the brick walls are there to give us a chance to show how badly we want something because the brick walls are there to stop the people who don't want it badly enough they're there to stop the other people wow randy pouch man wow. great book if
0: you <laughs> ever <get> a <laughs> chance yeah Last I definitely one. want to read it now if that quote doesn't make you want to read it then I, I, I don't know what will <laughs> relatable <laughs> like, I feel like you know if and it, it goes along with that quote if it was easy everyone would do it that's yeah very much yeah. so <laughs> so it's like it it I think life rewards you if you keep pushing and if you have that resilience to keep going And if you look at a brick wall as a way to stop, then absolutely, that's what it is. It's going to stop you. So along with that, um, you know, one of the things that was an aha moment for me when we had our overview meeting, and I think it would be important for like, um, you know, current foster children, former foster children, and even people looking to adopt to know about the brick walls in, in the adoption process, because for me personally, why that was an aha moment was because you know, there in my journey, there was a family that I'm still in contact with. The mom is actually going to be the one that's officiating my wedding. Like I'm super close with them. I know. (laughs) So they, you know, they really felt strongly about adopting me, but they actually got stopped by a brick wall. And I didn't realize that it wasn't just them. This is something that happens during the process. So take it from there and tell me a little bit about that. Oh, the brick walls, they, they, they
1: motivate me uh, that's for sure and I don't one of the biggest things for me is getting homes for my teenagers because that's where those brick walls are you have a baby you have an infant you have a child you know somebody is that that baby child infant it's going to be so easy for me to just push on through with that adoption yeah but a brick wall for a teenager is that baggage Yeah, The baggage that they carry with them, somebody, all they're getting from from the teenager is a record and they're hearing from other people. And it's really hard to pull from the professionals that work with them the positive because they're constantly looking at, well, such so-and-so did this and he did this and he did this. And and it's just this long rap sheet of negativity. Hmm. Well, it's my job to push through the brick wall and pull out the positive from these people but not only that once we get past that first it's i'm gonna call it a tiny hump because that's what it is that's not the big brick wall right 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 (laughs) (laughs) well once once we get through that tiny little hump then there's another fence Mm. before you get through the the humpty Dumpty wall yeah um So the family says, yes, after reading the file, after hearing all the bad stuff, after I pull out that positivity and we're just talking about a teenager. Well, the brick wall is going to be the courtroom Mm -hmm. and the brick wall is going to be what we call um, the interstate compact placement of children's, also known as the ICPC. That's going to be a huge brick wall. And so... I try my hardest to do what I can staying in my scope of practice but in the end it's everybody else around me that I have to try to push and push and nag and nag and sometimes unfortunately I cannot get past those walls and it hurts me knowing that I tried to do all that I could for a child but their family is just you're just stuck because of policy and procedure and there's no way around it unfortunately and it it sucks and just thinking about those just talking to you and thinking about many cases in my head like where are these kids now like could I have done something could I have done something else to help them get through this brick wall and it was to the point where like teenagers you know we we try to get them involved with the process because Mm -hmm. in the end they have to sign off on their adoptions and if they're not on board that's another brick wall
0: right that was you know that was one of the things i was like wow i I had no idea there was so many processes that that could go wrong and do you find it or do you kind of prep your families for that or do you handle it as it comes because i feel like you know, I don't know what, what part of that I would want to be. I don't know if I would want you to say, look, we're going to hit all of these brick walls. It's a possibility. This may not happen with, with this particular child, or maybe I wouldn't want to know until it gets to that brick wall. So I don't lose hope before I even get there. You know, it's hard, it's hard. It's a balance. and It definitely is a
1: balance. And it's definitely one of those things that throughout the years,
0: yeah, I used to like, hey, we're
1: gonna hit these, we're gonna hit these walls. We're gonna get stuck, we're gonna, but now it's like, I, I feel it's better not to prepare the families mm. for these than to get them in that mindset of negativity. Like, yeah. oh, this is coming. This, why do I even wanna put up with this? Yeah. We're just gonna stop right here. So it's better just for me to keep pressing on and work with the people behind the scenes and try to do as much as I can before
0: we tell them okay look it's like a bride on a wedding day don't tell them oh my <laughs> don't tell them anything they, they will cry Whatever goes wrong they don't need to know about it <laughs> yes yeah. so yeah. you know I think it was interesting where and it's true I think anyone could see why or understand why that a lot of people come to adoption agencies expecting to get a newborn or expecting to get, you know, a baby. And long term, I, I can I, I get it. Um, you know, someone once told me like, when you have a baby, you're invested, right? So when they turn 13, you've known them for 13 years. You've seen them be cute and and adorable and go through all these stages. And they hit 13 or you know, teenage years and they may act out they may change their talk attitude. talk back talk back <laughs> you know all that but you're invested already so like I get that side of it but I want to hear like what are the benefits of adopting an older child that you want them to know
1: older children yeah they have they have that baggage but if you can tear down that brick wall that they have built for themselves even if you can get them to to be themselves and I mean, sometimes they don't even know who they are and they just need that guidance. Yeah. There is a
0: beautiful person. person. Yeah. Yes. There's that beautiful
1: yeah. person behind that facade because that push and that push and that push that they're gonna give you. They're doing that on purpose. And yes. that's just the teenage mindset. I've done mindset. that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no have no, I. Yeah. That's just the teenage mindset. But once you get past that, that love that they can give is mm. huge. I mean, yeah, you you can feel it from a baby, but it's not the same when you get it from a teenager, they can, they can wrap those big arms around you and just be goofy with you and be themselves and you, you can feel it. I, I just, I've seen it to where I placed a, a boy in a home and he, oh man, staying on the brick wall, he built his brick wall so high. But once he, that family started tearing that, those bricks down, brick by brick by brick, every time I went out to that home, you could see the love just starting to grow in this kid. And you could see that he's like, he was starting to be goofy with that family and just start loving on that family and be himself. And that family accepted that baggage they yeah. knew it was a part of his past part, not the whole thing right they knew it was a part of his past but they continued to build something beautiful out of it and help him realize that there's more to life than anger and hate and resentment so
0: yeah, yeah. honestly I, mean, I like, mean like you know my, my adopted mom was like poof I'll tell you that I love you. I'll tell you that I'm here for you 500 times. And she had to say it 501 for me to, you know, get it eventually. And it took me years. I mean, it wasn't even until recently where I was like, okay, like I'm starting to like take a look at my life and, and understand a lot of these things. And, you know, going kind of back to how you said you wonder a lot about how these children are doing and if you could have done something to help them get through that brick wall and- you know, it's interesting because they made me realize, like, I wonder if the people that, you know, were in your uh, position with me and um, other, like, helpers that the state provided, I wonder if they're wondering that, too. And, you know, I'm sure they are, but the things that they didn't help me with, life found out a way to teach me what I needed to either way. So, like, I think no matter what, you know, it's that one door closes, a window opens, whether it's from a door or another window, I got over that brick wall. I got over whatever I needed to, even if that person that initially was on the path to do that for me, it didn't work out or something happened. So, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of mindset that I think that you have to have because, yeah, because there's so many other people that you are going to help and you are helping. And, I personally could not do what you're doing. I couldn't do it. I would, A, want to adopt all the kids. <laughs> so I mean, to say my... I have
1: never thought about it. <laughs> I have thought about it. Don't get me wrong.
0: Yeah. But then I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good way, you know. Adopt five or help 20. So, I my My heart is way too big. Yeah. There's there you
1: go. <laughs> that needs somebody... <laughs>
0: help them awesome so you know we i feel like a lot of people like okay this is a podcast about foster care so you know why is adoption in the mix of and it's like well the end goal of any foster child if it's not you know being reunified with their families is adoption and there's a lot of some like i'm sure you work with foster children um currently in care too right i have yes Um,
1: in a different aspect though okay.
0: yes so with the foster kids that
1: i work with are what we call legal risk kids
0: so okay. they're the ones
1: who aren't legally free but gotcha. yes they're still all the kids are still foster kids but yeah. the legal risk kids they still have mom and dad are still fighting to get them back
0: okay that makes it yeah totally get that um so the, the baggage piece, what has been something that you've noticed, not necessarily maybe that you've given advice on, but it can be that, but something a lot of families are like, this is what we tried and it's working to kind of go through the, the trauma, you know, that this child has, like, you know, what's something that you recommend? What's something that people can train for or work towards to ensure, like, that they are giving it the best shot they can to to understand the child. So I know that whenever families are going through the process to get the homes their
1: adoption or even their foster care home study completed, the state or the agency will do will do a good job with getting them the training that they need. And and you can learn a lot from a training, you can learn a lot from the pride books, from the trauma focused um, behavioral therapy stuff, but when you're actually in the trenches, I, I feel like families sometimes their brains kind of become mud. Like, it's, I mean, you, you got to reach out to me or you got to reach out to the person behind or even have your family worker reach out
0: to me, but be your own advocate. Give me a piece of advice for someone that's just starting out as an adoption specialist. Or you know, coordinator, family work, or whatever, social work. Just starting out in child welfare. What piece of advice would you give them? Man, meditate. Uh, Find an
1: outlet if you're going you're to like your happy
0: space. Yeah. Yes,
1: because it. I can remember starting out. I didn't start out in adoptions. I started out in what we call um, conservatorship. So. Okay that's where the kid the family is still involved and they're just trying to work services to get the child back and I (laughs) I have never been more stressed out in my 20s (laughs) ever I I mean the
0: burnout is is real and and the people that actually make it past their first year or two is it's it's low you know oh yeah
1: it was a blessing for me because I was about to quit I'm like I can't do this. Parents yell at you. This is not for me. <laughs> I'm too happy you're to lucky of a person. But one of the supervisors saw something in me, and she's like, "You gotta come over here. You gotta come over here." I was like, "Is it? Is it like this?" Like she's like, "No, you gotta come over here." And they hired me.
0: yeah and The rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> That's true. And so, why why do you like working specifically for um, St. Francis?
1: Man, this one fell into my lap. Yeah, you want to con- you want to stay with working with what you've learned. Yeah. you learned. Know, sometimes you have to deviate yeah. because yeah. not all kids are the same. Uh-oh. Not all kids are the same. Like I, talking about that little boy. Yeah, that family did that training, and they had never fostered before in their lives. And I saw something in them, like this kid was what we call, what we call the specialized level of care kid and this family was looking for a baby and I was set and told them you know give it a chance yeah he needs he needs somebody so they like you know we'll give it a chance and they needed somebody there to just help help push them so I guess the advice that I would give a family would be yeah take everything that you've learned from these trainings Mm
0: -hmm. but be prepared to think outside that box be genuine like you know you can't you can't be a student you have to be a parent and that's you know between taking everything that you learn through these trainings and and these books and there's a lot of books out there it's Mm. that's called being a student you're being a great student yes but when it comes to parenting you really have to figure out what works for not only that child but also for your home right because if something works for a child and not your home then it's gonna end up not working for the child too because we're like I'm uber sensitive about my environment and I think that's like a survival tactic and I'm sure now you've gotten used to like going into a home for a home visit and knowing like okay this is working out or it's not working out you can just tell just by you know feeling the environment looking around so that's
1: absolutely true and I mean there have been homes I've walked into I had already placed an adoptive child and you just you just know like this is going to blow up in my face in a couple of weeks, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah. again, even me as a worker, when I walk into those situations, I'm still trying to be a, be a social worker, be a mentor to that family. But also in the back of my head, remembering I don't work for this family.
0: Mm. I
1: work for this child. So I yeah. So when I go back and I talk to the the child, hey, how are you feeling about this? Tell me what do you want. If they can talk, that's again, that's why I like the teenagers. They can tell me what they want and I can reiterate back to them, hey, let's let's
0: let's try something else. Even
1: you can work on you while you're in this home.
0: I mean, and another way to think about it is like, you know, yeah, you might not have a lot. Of problems outside the normal taking care of a baby to deal with, but you can actually figure out if it's going to be a great long term fit for you by adopting a teenager because they can talk, they can tell us, and and you can go from there, you know. So, yeah, I'm by. I, I was adopted as a teenager, so that's it's why i <laughs> And I loved
1: your story. I yeah, can't wait for everybody else to hear. I know it
0: will <laughs> be a good story to tell for sure. Um, so one of the things I talked to you about was that trash bag topic that I'm going to have with all my guests on the podcast. And for you, it's, you know, I so the topic is for those that you don't know yet is um, we're going to debunk the trash bag around foster care. So it's going to be not like, you know, the trash bag moment is not for children to put their belongings in, but the trash bag moment is what you believe should be debunked about foster care or adoption, whatever industry you're in, or a negative thought or feeling around foster children that you want to put in the trash bag. So what thought about adoption, either the process or the work that you do, or about adoption specialists or the children, do you want to debunk and put in the trash bag? First of all,
1: let me touch the trash bag. He's <laughs>
0: <Okay. laughs> like, I can't skip over that part. <laughs> I,
1: I can't not see the the, the trash bag that the kids <laughs> put their stuff in. So I just want to plug here: if you have any type of luggage that you yeah. don't want and you want to get rid of, don't take it to Goodwill, y'all. Take it to uh, to to your local department of social services.
0: That's awesome, yeah. and
1: let them know, hey. I want to I want to give this to a kid who's changing places because mm-hmm. and excuse my language that damn black trash bag <laughs> kids really do put their yeah. clothes in that stuff uh, yes. Placement's a placement and I have seen offices filled up with those those black trash bags so yes donate your stuff y'all don't donate honestly. your luggage that you're ready to get rid of
0: honestly and like I think if I were to get So belonging starts here actually started out as, you know, exactly that we were giving um, backpacks to youth in transition with products that they may not feel comfortable asking their new parents for. And, you know, included was a little note, like saying who I was and just saying, you know, I've been in your shoes and I've been through the system and I've made it out and you can too. And if I were to get that backpack filled with hope, it's like, I I don't, you know, I, it would have given me so much hope and it would have given me kind of a light at the end of the tunnel, which I didn't see for a long time. I, you know, I was, I kept going, kept going. And sometimes I would get sucked, in, sucked into the darkness, but if I had that, like that, that would have meant so much to me. So I think it's important to, to donate your bags. And I think that you know, if you can help out with that transition in any way, and it doesn't have to be becoming a foster parent, like there's so many things you can do, and and donating your old bags is is the simplest way.
1: Agreed, 100. Now, now I'll take yeah, myself.
0: So, what, again. what, <laughs> what would you like to put into the trash bag, Amy? I want to put
1: the misconception uh, that adoption is. It's going to happen overnight mm-hmm. and by that I mean a family's completed their home study and they're submitting 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 everywhere you're using adopt us kids adoption.com heart galleries across America and you're just you're, you're so hopeful
0: I'm done I'm ready
1: to have my forever and then again even as adoption hope, parent hopefuls you're hitting your own brick walls, yeah. And I know, I know you, I know you are, I'm, because I am on the other side of that. So, the think about what you're seeing on the screen. You're seeing a small blurb and a cute little picture of a child or a teenager. So, when you're getting denied, uh, denied, 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 ask yourself why and what you can do to get, to figure out why you're getting that. So I encourage adoptive parents to be your own advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have your family workers doing, you know, reaching out to people like me and sending me your home studies and talking to me, but if you can get your family worker to include you in the process then maybe that you know will help you better understand the process because it is a lot and and you know from the time a child is placed on tear to the time I I get to the point where I'm ready to even go to selection, you're looking at at least three to six months and there are home studies coming in like crazy every day and so even myself I have so I have so much to juggle so if If you're feeling like you're not getting why you're being denied, ask to reach out to somebody like me.
0: Okay. The the person behind. You're allowed to tell them, you know, what it may be.
1: So I'll tell them, Hey, I read your home study. This is what's wrong with the child. If I feel like somebody is a match, I'll automatically send their family worker, the child psychological uh-huh. A redacted version of the psychological, and give the family an opportunity to review it if they want to go on. But if I'm reading it, like on a, the Adopt US Kids site or on the Heart Gallery, the Texas Adoption Resource Resi- Exchange page, I'll just put "not selected" on a family because I know this child. And then, if the family if the family doesn't come back to me and ask why, then they're never going to know why I didn't select them. So it, it's just, it, it's a very tedious process for me and I got to get myself in the zone and like pick a child every day just to to sit down and narrow down this. When I tell you it's a lot, it's a lot of home studies every day. So I, I just encourage the families to, to be their own advocate because I know family workers have a lot of families that they're doing this with as well, trying to send out home studies here and there and here and there. But for me and even my, my partner, we have upwards of at least 50 kids each wow. that we're trying to find homes for, we're trying to recruit homes for, we're trying to broadcast them. And even so we can't give that full picture uh, and we can't respond to everybody unless they really wanna know so right it, unless
0: they advocate but, you know yeah they for need to be the, no. their
1: own advocate i mean i'll i'm very good about re- returning phone calls text message but i'm gonna be honest my emails are a madhouse. so just <laughs> if i don't get back to somebody and this is just me just you know keep keep bugging the person yeah. that way you can you can have the answers that you're seeking right. and then be patient
0: i think that goes for you know <laughs> be your own advocate for anything that you're doing be patient yeah
1: this is it is a tedious process for us on my end as well and i know i know families are anxious once they submit like have you read my home study what's going on it's been such and such long i get that i do believe me um but in order for you to know why you weren't selected or to get further you know guidance has been a dream. Adoptions for me, um, so I did it in Texas, and then I got married, and we moved to um, South Carolina, and um, I got a hired over there too in, in uh, the Department of Social Services in South Carolina. And then we got, I got, we got moved. We're military, so we got moved over back to Texas, and my old supervisor for for. Um, when I worked at the Department of Family and Protective Services, like, yo, yeah, you gotta come work <laughs> for me. I was like, I'm really? not looking for a job. <laughs> like, I don't know about this. I, I just wanna <laughs> not looking for anything. And she was like, just give it a chance. Yeah. We'll we'll work with you. I'll make it, we'll we'll make this happen. You're so good at what you do. We need you, we need anyway. you, please. I was like. You know what? I'll come in for the interview and see what happens. She was like, okay, so I show up, I do the interview, she was like, so are you gonna are you gonna stay?
0: I was like, you went in like super fancy too, like dressed up. I did. I was oh. yeah,
1: all dressed up She was like, what are you doing? So I was like, this is an interview. I'm so nervous. <laughs> so nervous. What are you why are you nervous for? I, like, I think I want this job. I don't know. She was like, "You want the job?" Like, so yeah, I, I had, <laughs> took the job, and it's strictly adoption. So yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for a better, better director, better supervisor, better agency That's, to work. You for. know
0: what? That's what I always say. Like with any anything you do, any industry, people don't leave their jobs; they leave their their managers, right? So it's like it's so important to have that support group in in a work environment and that's always almost always your higher ups and if it isn't then maybe that's not a good fit
1: oh man she let
0: me fly yeah from what what you've told me she seems pretty great
1: (laughs) she she helped with like that's how adoption amy came to fruition yeah and that is just a huge outlet for me to get the information out there, and just to see that grow has been phenomenal. and
0: And that's how you and I found yeah, it other.
1: So it's you know it's working.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm hoping that you know with with adoption, Amy, and with her, the help of Saint Francis, we can continue to to get all of this information and yeah. out there so that adoptive parents and foster parents alike, and even even the kids. 'Cause I know they're looking up stuff like that. They're
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: They're they're always on the Instagram and the TikToks and yeah. uh, I don't think they're on Facebook because that's for old people like me now. So but regardless, I I know the teens
0: and, and and the parents and the families, they're looking at this stuff yeah. and they're and you know what they from you. They you know I feel like a lot of what I've came across, you know, there's there's quite a bit there, but not not as much as a lot of parents in the adoption process is talking about it but nothing's ever coming from the professionals you know so I think taking taking that wall down and really showing showing that and and showing the process behind that your mindset who you are like I I think that's that's important like you said for not only the you know the parents but also the kids and and other specialists as well to learn from each other.
1: I just want people to to learn from what the information that I'm giving so yeah. that
0: they themselves
1: stand on the brick wall they're not hitting those brick walls and if they are you know I'm happy to give give my advice to help others get there forever yeah
0: you're awesome <laughs> <laughs> I just <Sorry>. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> learned a lot <laughs> yeah I mean and you're passionate about it right like it goes back to the student versus parent thing. It's like, yeah, you've learned a lot, but you care enough and you have the heart to like to present it and to implement it and to keep fighting and and that takes a lot of resiliency. I don't. I hate seeing kids age out of care. Yeah. And, I mean,
1: you've seen the statistics, half of the ones yeah. that age out of the care. I mean, they're they're more likely to end up homeless mm-hmm. than. And any than a child you know that I raised myself so I don't I don't want that and every time I see a homeless person I'm like man is that a foster kid what could I have done to help
0: them <laughs> yeah so. but you know what? maybe that's the fuel that you need because like I feel like a lot of people there and and maybe that's their healing p- process and what works for them is not to think like that is not to be like you know, I feel bad about this or I should have done this. But like for for me, especially, it's like that, that's what motivates me. That's what keeps me going. And that's what works for me. So good for you. If you're able to do both, like have that empathy and also like be, have the strong thick skin to do what you're doing and the work that you're doing, like hats off to you. Seriously. Believe me, that thick skin has a, whew grown it's over gonna, the years right it has
1: yeah many many tears have been shed for yeah. for my kids that's for sure but I mean I try I try at least they can say that I've tried so I just it's don't all want all the matters I definitely don't want these kids to think that nobody tried for them so we got a lot of big things coming out of St. Francis that have <laughs> come from my tiny brain so that's another big that's thing awesome. Yeah, with them. because they let they, you fly, right? The, the, they
0: let, let me all the stuff.
1: There's no no, I, I, man. Working for um, some agencies before, it's like can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Yeah, I gotta up. get permission. Yes, I gotta safe. go up the chain.
0: No, go up the
1: chain. I'm like yo. So these are my ideas. Like, yeah, let's make this happen. At the very beginning stages, because my agency just we just merged with the Department of Family Protective Services, and so it's been it's been a little crazy for a while. But we're working on getting getting out from from the crazy and and opening up, and hopefully, my ideas and my partner's ideas, we can make them happen.
0: Yeah. You'll be seeing
1: a lot from me. Hopefully,
0: I'm excited. Yeah. And maybe, you know, we'll, we'll have you on again for sure. And I love that these updates and, and see where adoption Amy takes you and I'm just so excited. So another question that I had um, and it's something like personal that I've been thinking a lot about um, is when you see that a former foster child wants to go through the process of adopting how does that like make you feel? Are you thinking like, okay, we don't know what kind of trauma you have in order to like deal with, with X kid, Y, you know, whichever kid, or is it more of you have the experience, you know what it takes kind of mindset.
1: I think it's more of a combination of both. Okay. So, and it also depends a lot on what kind of child they want.
0: Mm.
1: Cause I think, um, you know, a, a child who has been through the system is well, not a child anymore. So an, a parent who wants to ha- adopt from the system is better able to connect with an older child <laughs> because they, they they understand, they know what they've been through. And I think their, their mindset is going to be better able to adapt and roll with the punches of a of a harder to place child because man that was me you know they could be thinking I did that growing right. when I was in foster care I get it I'm just gonna leave the kid alone and just let them do their thing and then eventually go up in there and be like dude I get it I, I get it. it right I'm here I'm here for you
0: I tried everything you're trying right now <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I mean yeah, I've done the pushing I, I've been there I know so it's like yeah we can we can tell you like, do this and do that, but no, like no matter what you may try and what you may do, you could have done everything right, you know and and it still just might have not been a good fit for the child, mm-hmm.
1: uh, in the end, for definitely for the elders it's it's them, and they have to want they have to want it, and they have to want to roll with those punches, yeah. And the family has to be able to adapt with the child and, and and be open and honest and give them time. Time is a big one. Yeah. To open up to them.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it took me like five years. So
1: <laughs> I
0: get it. <laughs> even with the
1: littles, like sometimes those little ones can come in there just like a bat out of hell. <laughs> you don't even get that honeymoon period. I am here deal with me <laughs> but, and 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 as as an adoptive parent I mean your worker should have prepared me for that mm-hmm. and you you should know okay there there's no honeymoon with this kid or there is a honeymoon with this kid so what can I do to to prepare for what's coming type of thing right. so that's, right. that's what people like my myself and permanency specialists and um you know the the social workers and your family workers it's our job to help support families yeah to roll with those punches and make your family however it comes to to be make it to that finish line of your adoption
0: is final (laughs) what are what are the differences between um you know, permanency specialists, adoption specialists, social workers, family workers. <laughs> What's the difference? What are who are these people? Who are these people?
1: <laughs> um, so a permanency specialist is kinda like a case manager. They're the ones who they're gonna have that case from um after the investigation process to adoption finalization. Mm-hmm. Um and then I mean even before that before you get to that permanency specialist, or that uh, there's another aspect of the department um called the family based social services, so a child comes into care, an investigation is done, so you have your investigator if child is removed, then they go to the permanency specialist. if the child stays with the family, then they go another route and they go with their family uh based social services and that's where that person goes into the home to keep oh, the family intact. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: it's, it's a lot. I'm, I'm, they're visual tree people, visual tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, if So if, if they get to a permanency specialist, child is legally removed from the home, state is now acting parent. I say that with air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and mom and dad are working services such as like counseling, um, drug, wh- how whatever they need to, to get back on the right path. Say so they don't get in the right path. Mm-hmm. That's when people like myself become involved. Um, so an adoption specialist um is somebody whose uh only job is to work towards finding a a match, a mom and dad. Um and then making that step to finalization.
0: A pair of parents come to you and they are wanting to adopt. Are they always on the same page about adopting or is there always, you know, sometimes one parent that's a little hesitant needs a little bit more information. And if so, like, you know, what, what, what's one thing that you would say to kind of convince the other parent or not necessarily convince, cause that's not your job. But um, just kind of give them a little bit more insight into, you know, why why they should adopt that aspect. Yeah, families
1: would come through, and they would want to know more about the kid. But they're say like, "Mom is all excited. Yes, bring the child into my home." I so I don't care what what kind of what kind of, what kind of past he has. But the other parent is like, you know what? I I'm a little hesitant yeah. to to do this? What can you tell me more? So that's kind of where we do, um, we would formally select, have a selection staffing, select the mm-hmm. family, and that gets into what kind of what I'm doing right now. Have that selection staffing, um, and then do what is called a presentation. And during that presentation, that's when the selected family get gets more information about the child. So mm-hmm. they would have an opportunity to talk to um, the permanency specialist, the child's therapist, the child's current foster parents. Um, if they're in a private agency, I'd bring in that private agency to talk to the family as well. So it's not just about reading a file. Cause I always tell families you've been selected when you're reading this file, you know, have an open mind because what you're going to read is not the child you're going to get per se. So there, it's during that selection staffing where we're trying to um, see what is, what is this child going to be like off, outside of a piece of paper, off of that piece of pa- paper, outside of this file? What, what is this family going to have to look forward to um, when they have little Billy or little Jane in their home? So that's what my job is—just you know, preparing that family and getting them past that presentation to yeah. where they can meet the child. Because they even throughout this and entire process, are you process, there
0: when they when they meet the child? Not in this job, no. Really? <laughs> yeah. Aww. I used so to all hear. of the work, and then it's like you don't, you know, you don't see that, but you see, but you do. Do you do home visits after um, the initial meeting, like? Or is it, like, um, so not, I don't right now, no,
1: but I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after the selection, and then, it's always the best, one of the best parts is telling a family you've been selected, and then when the child actually meets that family, and yeah, you could see, like, the, the child is very reserved, and the family is, like, what, what do I do? I'm too excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so we always try to limit those first initial meetings to, like, <laughs> an hour to two hours yeah and then it's my job to um peel down the, the the parts of the onion with the child on on like a car ride or i'll take him out for ice cream or something hey you know tell me how you felt how how, how do you feel about this family because i work now that you've met them i'm working i'm working for you okay but, you tell me what you want. You know, sometimes it's so we-
0: crazy, like <laughs> children have to do that. You know, it's like you're you're interviewing your parents and you get to decide and not a lot of people get to do that. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's such a like. I don't know, it's like it's so hard from someone on the outside to be like, this happens. This is, you know, reality for for a lot of children in, in care and going through wanting to be adopted or they're legally free and allowed to be adopted so i can't no. i can't even imagine I,
1: the when i started adoptions and people always ask me well, what do you do yeah. and you tell i tell them I, you know i do adoptions i match children with with their families and i'll never forget somebody telling me so you kind of play god don't you and i was like whoa whoa Let's back this up a little bit. I, do, I, am, I am in no way playing God for these children. <laughs> no. Believe you me. These families come to me looking for their forever. And mm. I just, I, I am not playing God. I am looking at these and just gathering all the information that I can to what would be the best fit. God just happened to put these families yeah. in front of me. But No. And, and and me telling yeah. that person don't no, don't 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 even compare me to the, to, yeah. to the big man upstairs right. these families these families god just put these families in front of me so that i could find a match for them and, and these children god gave me these children to help advocate for them and find them there forever because the last thing i want and i've said it before and
0: that's the thing and that's so important because nothing is a coincidence like you, those families that you currently have for the family you're trying to match with, like, they're there for a reason. And that's why it's like, a lo- you know, a lot of people like, I want my own kids, because those are given to me from God. And those are those are meant to be my kids. And it's my DNA, whatever the reasons may be. But like, there's so many beautiful stories of like, families just just becoming whole with adoption. And, and it and it's not there biological kid you know so yeah but you can take something so yeah. broken
1: and create yeah. something beautiful out of it I have seen yeah. it time and time again and you yourself is <laughs> are one of those too
0: <laughs> I tried I'm still trying <laughs> and that you know and that's that's the important thing is like the thing with baggage is like you can't just—it's not a trash bag where you can just take things out. Like you know, slowly you can you learn how to deal with it. You learn how to carry it, but it's like that's always going to be a part of me. That's always going to keep coming back up in my life, and and that's the thing with the child. It's like you're not taking that baggage away. That's not what you're there to do. You're there to support them and be there for them when it gets a little bit harder to carry.
1: Mm-hmm. And give them the that, that it may not be. They may not let you let you give them that hug right away, but
0: right. someday when you get that hug, that, and you that know, hug that's like working for something is so much better than just getting it, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, that hug's like that's that brick wall, like you know, it's still there, but a lot of it is cracked and, and that hug proves it. So
1: hmm Oh yeah, I've seen that hug. Man, it's a good one. <laughs> It brings tears to your eyes. Even from the outside. And you you know you know you did something good there. And you know that that family is not that child is not gonna have to worry about where where am I gonna go for Mm -hmm. for food. Who am I gonna call when I need a my flat tire fix or like it's summer break at college, they have a place to call home because a family So
0: so huge. That's so family gave them a chance and
1: and I wish I wish a lot of people would would look outside their their comfort zone and yeah. uh, try something new.
0: of What they think is the ideal family or what they think needs to be their future, you know, and mm-hmm. and that goes back to, like, expectations. Yeah. You can have them <laughs> if you want. I mean, sure, have expectations. But if things don't go the way that you're expecting it to, then you spend so much time. Trying to put it back on your expectations that when the outcome that's greater than your expectations happens, you're just like, you wasted so much time, you know? So mm-hmm. that's the messy thing with adoption. Have, Nothing, yeah. Nothing's
1: final until it's final.
0: Yep. I've, oh my gosh. So. I, I was like, where have I heard that before? Oh, I know. <laughs> <In false care. laughs> mm-hmm. So a couple is ready to adopt. What's the
1: next step? Get a home study. Get I it. will not look if you're I, I I mean I will talk to you. I will um, tell you where you need to go and how to start the process. But if you're looking at at Little Billy online and you're like, I, I yeah. fell in love with little Billy, he's mine, I need him, I want him. <laughs> Do you have a home study? Mm. Is the first question I'm gonna ask. Well. No, how do I get one of those? Do I go on? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I I do I do call families when they do reach out to me saying that, and and usually there is a, a little checkbox Do I have a home study, and if they say no, then yeah, I'll, I'll let them know. Hey, um, this is how you get the process started. You know, you yeah. can contact contact uh, your local DSS or Department of Social or Family and Protective Services. And you can usually get a home study done with little to no cost to you.
0: Nice.
1: Um, if you go to a private agency, that's when you're getting into like the, the you, you'll have to pay to get that, that completed. Right.
0: And um, do you just work with uh, children and families in the state of Texas?
1: Oh, no. Once you
0: have a home study, um, your home
1: study is good throughout all 50 states. Oh, That's, wow. Going back to that, um, I mentioned it earlier the Interstate Compact, yep. Compact for the Placement of Children, ICPC. So that is an agreement within all 50 states where we can place children um, across state lines. And, and so if, that,
0: someone, if a family from, let's say, New York was to listen to you, this podcast and was interested in contacting you about adoption, they could. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Awesome. So, how can people get in touch with you? Um, you know, is it just Adoption Amy on Instagram or is it like an underscore? You said there was an underscore, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh,
1: at Adoption underscore Amy. And my name is spelled different because so, I'm special. Um, so <laughs> it's uh, just Adoption underscore A I M E E. That's it, Adoption Amy. On
0: Instagram.
1: Awesome. And I'm really good about, uh, you know, um, talking and answering questions through the direct message on yeah. there as well. So okay. I've already been in contact with a lot of people through there, and I'm hoping I helped with them through their journey. Oh, People really?
0: well, have been reaching out to you, like, just yeah. with, with questions? That's awesome. See, it was such a needed, needed thing that you're doing, and, and I'm glad you're already seeing that. Just want to help.
1: I want to I yeah. help people.
0: Because it is a very
1: daunting process and yeah. overwhelming for sure.
0: I'm overwhelmed listening to it for the past hour you, know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, And that was just so high level too. like I can't I can't even imagine, but it's you know one one adoptee to someone that works with them like it's worth it. So Amy, going back to um, you know, a, a lot of these parents wanting to adopt a baby, and that's what they come to you um, for, is hoping they can get that newborn or get that get that baby. Uh, what piece of advice do you have for them? You're gonna be waiting
1: a while for the babies.
0: So my best advice,
1: and I, and every time people ask me this question, um, I always tell them, you know, open open your mind to the possibility of doing foster to adopt. Mm -hmm. Because what will happen is when we do, when a baby or toddler or child under the age of 10 comes into care, they're looking for a family to place um, the child with. Um, And so they'll look at these, they're going to look at the foster homes. And um, yes, that does come with 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 the stress and, uh, and possibility, and it, it's going to come with an array of emotions because there's always going to be the possibility that the child is going to go home back to mom and dad. So when you foster the child, maybe under the legal care of the state, but mom and dad are still you know working to get baby back. But if for some reason mom and dad decide, you know. Or they, they can't get their act together and maybe can't, or child, toddler, infant can't go back to them. Typically, um, workers will ask the foster family first if they want to adopt. So that, that's, yes, it is a, 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 an emotional uh, roller coaster for the foster family, but you're better able to get a, a baby that, that way. And, you know, that being said, you can, yeah, you're going to get phone calls from, from uh, workers asking for the placement, but you can, you can say no. So just because you're a foster to adopt family, um, you do have the option to say, no, I, I don't want to, I don't want to take placement.
0: Right. Yeah. And Uh, you know, it could be for more reasons than it's not a baby. It could be, it's not a good fit for your family too. Like, yeah. you know and it's it's not like you shouldn't feel bad about not taking that placement because in the end you're actually helping that child find a better one right mm-hmm. and even so just like adoption you're gonna get some
1: information about the child before you decide yeah. to accept the placement right so yeah that's probably the best advice I can give that's open
0: your heart and your nice. mind you know you get it's a solution and and it might not be the direct solution but you might even end up taking a placement for someone that's not a a baby and and loving loving them them. Yes, yeah
1: or even so i know where everywhere it's hurting for foster families so (laughs) if it if even if you just you don't want to adopt you just want to help kids fostering is another good way to do that so uh, a good way to get into fostering you know, is the same way you do it with adoptions contact mm. your local social department of social services let them know hey I want to I'm interested in fostering um and then they'll they'll get you started cuz like I said we we are the entire country I I can tell you in South Carolina and in Texas we need foster homes
0: yeah
1: and you might find your oh. forever
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 crazy cuz i think a lot of people a lot of children in care they they don't dare to dream about that forever home cuz they don't think it's going to happen but it's good to dream about it it's good to kind of not not manifest it but be ready for it that that could be a reality that you do find your forever family and and you know eventually they're they're going to break down that wall so you can either help them out or keep it up even longer and you know, either way, it'll work out, um, if it's, if that's meant to be your family. hmm yep, yeah, if anything, you got that family there,
1: they're either, like you said, either gonna help you yeah. find that forever, or become your forever. Exactly,
0: yeah, so it's, a, it's exactly. a train, it's a train analogy, it's like, you know, you're, you're the train, and that, that, that path is your life, and people are gonna come on and come off, you know, when, when they're, they're meant to, and, you just keep get it in the lobby. Isn't it good? Like, I like that. Well, Yeah, I I give that. you if you need one, I'll give you one. <laughs> <laughs> you trade it off. Here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy. Like I enjoyed talking to you. I enjoyed our overview lunch. So glad I got to get out of the house. And I think this episode is going to shed some light to a lot of people um, that have questions and And I'm sure uh, Adoption Amy is going to grow even more and and be something people should follow and be on the lookout for. So that's adoption underscore Amy, A-I-M-E-E on Instagram. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure meeting
1: you and talking with you today. I'm hoping we can get together even soon.
0: Absolutely. We'll definitely have you back on again.